Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. Very blessed third Sunday of the Coptic month of Hator, and a very blessed beginning of our Nativity fast, which we begin today through the Feast of Nativity. I pray may we all bear fruits worthy of this fast, and may we prepare a place in our hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's gospel is rather interesting because it contains a very difficult command from the Lord. I guess some kind of advice. He says to the multitudes, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That seems on the one hand really hard from the Lord to say that. And on the other hand, it seems almost antithetical, almost opposite to everything he's been saying throughout the gospel. Love your neighbor as yourself. Even, even, the, even the Pharisees, they love people that are good to them. So I tell you, love your enemies. And yet the Lord now is saying, you know, the people most intimate, most close to you, Unless you hate those and you yourself, unless you hate yourself, you can't be my disciple. And we, we see later in the reading, he does speak about the cost of discipleship. But what is the context for this message and how does this pertain to today's Sunday, especially considering we're beginning the Nativity Fast today and now we're going to go on a journey with the church as we approach the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, as St. Paul describes in Galatians 4.4, that which is according to the fullness of time, that event that the entirety of humanity throughout all times has been waiting for. So if we were to go into Luke chapter 13, right before this chapter, our Lord Jesus Christ is striving to go to Jerusalem. And so some of the Pharisees, Warn Jesus, you know, Herod is trying to kill you. And the Lord begins to lament, not because he's afraid Herod's trying to kill me. These Jews are trying to kill me. They're going to send the Romans after me. That's not the attitude the Lord has. He laments because he desires a certain level of intimacy with the Jewish people. I mean, the Jews were his chosen people. They were called to be his people. And they rejected him. So the Jews are no longer God's chosen people. Who are God's chosen people? We are. Because they rejected him. But what did he desire? I desire to be like a hen and to take my wings and to have my, my chicks around me, my young children. I mean, as parents, we, we, we feel that desire to hold our own children to have them near us. That's the kind of desire the Lord had. And that's the intimacy he called for. And that's not going to change as we continue the reading. So the Lord desires love, intimacy, to be with him. He wants no obstacle. Herod's trying to kill you. I don't care if Herod's trying to kill me. 
Nothing is going to separate me from my children. And that's true even till now. If we think there's any obstacle, anything that divides us, that divides us from God, this idea comes from the devil. Because the devil does want there to be division, but we know that through the cross, the Lord has bridged whatever gap there may be through sin, whatever division we may have caused, the Lord has bridged. So we go then to Luke chapter 14, and we see that the Lord now has been invited into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath. Someone comes with dropsy. They have a, a physical condition. And the Lord takes this as an opportunity to teach. It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful, according to the Jews, to, to do good works on the Sabbath. And we know that's not true. We know that the Sabbath is meant to be a day for the Lord. And we know that the Sabbath points to the resurrection. That's why we don't celebrate anymore on Saturdays. That's not our Sabbath. So there's some, some people, they'll actually, they'll, they'll, maybe they'll call themselves Jews for Jesus or any other term. They'll say, yes, we, we still recognize the law and we still rest on the Sabbath. But the church recognizes we don't have rest on that day. On that Saturday, we're still under bondage of sin. We didn't see the completion of the works of the Lord. We didn't see salvation until Sunday. And that's the Lord's day. And we see even after his resurrection, the Lord appeared to his disciples on Sundays. So Sunday has a very special day in the church. And I, I know some of us were off this week, uh, or at least a few days. So we had opportunities to go to liturgies here. We had Thursdays, Saturday. There's uh, liturgies, Fridays, many liturgies. But Sunday holds a very special day among them. Because this is the day in which we find rest. This is the Lord's day. But the Jews didn't have that mind. We don't want to commit good on the Sabbath. We're going to adhere very strictly to the law. If they adhere to the law, they would have done the good work on the Sabbath. But they adhere to their own interpretation. But the Lord heals this person and begins to describe the heart of every person that is there. And what's the condition of the heart of each person? Well, if we look at the descriptions, if, we're, if we read Luke chapter 14, he starts to describe someone who has a donkey or an ox and it falls in a ditch. You're not going to say, well, you know, it's the Sabbath. So, I mean, I'm sorry, donkey, but you're going to have to stay in the ditch and I'll, I'll come get you the next day. Oh, is the donkey going to be there the next day? I, you don't know. And because of that reason, I mean, it's your property, you probably do a lot of cultivation with the donkey and you're going to pull it out or an ox. It's a good thing. So you pull it out. You value property. You value your business. You value your ability to make food more than you value the individual who came to be healed. And he looks around. I guess he's at a pretty big banquet and he notices when everyone went to sit, they all took the best places. So he decides to tell them about a wedding. And he says, when you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and 
and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. And here's the Lord's advice. When you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, I think that's pretty simple. I think that's pretty simple. Their hearts was, I want to sit here because this place represents my dignity. And someone's going to come and say, no, 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 no. That doesn't represent your dignity. You're going to sit back here. That's easy enough to understand. But for then whatever reason, people will see this and say, I'm a terrible sinner. How can I go and approach the altar? How can I come and approach the church? How can I come to the congregation? I think people are judging me and looking at me. I can't go to church. Church is for righteous people. It's for good people. And that's the devil trying to take the scripture and warp it and change it. That's not what the Lord said. And the Coptic church recognizes this and encourages us, her children, and places two saints in the back of the church, usually in the west. You'll find on the female side, you'll find St. Mary of Egypt. And on the men's side, you'll find Abba Moses the Black. And these two saints remind us, I was one who used my body and gave it away for sexual pleasures and other things. I've committed such awful sins. And another says, yes, and I've killed, and I've stolen, and I'm a violent person. And they both meet us in the back and they say, but through the grace and mercy of the Lord, we have become saints. Come join us. Let's go become saints. Let's go partake of the Eucharist. And they invite us. So this passage is not meant for us to say, well, you know, if we need a worthy place, I'm not even worthy to sit in the back row. It's then to say, no, come, I'll take you by the hand. Come and approach the Lord. And I guess that goes more so the calling of the Lord to help those who are, who are lame, who are blind, who are maimed. Now, as we finally do get closer to the, to the reading that we had today, we find the Lord now describing one who has another feast. I guess he's speaking directly to those who are among him. They're at a feast. And he describes one who invites everyone and every person he invites begins to make an excuse. Well, you know, I just got married. I, I have to go take care of my wife. I, I just bought land, and I have to go, and I need to see the land and make sure everything is going fine. And they keep making excuses. And I, what do we think? This guy's going to hear that and be like, yeah, I get it. You know, I got married once. I, I, I know what that's like. Yeah, yeah, you know, go, go take care of your wife. That's fine. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a rich man. I get, you know, business and all that. Go take care of your land. It's fine. No, the guy's throwing a big party. Who knows? Maybe it's like the, the wedding of his children or something. It's very important to him. And he made the effort to send the invitation. And to hear those excuses, all he's hearing is, hey, uh, thanks for inviting me, but this has a very low priority. It's very upsetting. And I wonder, and I think this is now going to take us in, they put so many different, different things, different priorities before this master, it was very upsetting. 
And I guess that's what the Lord is calling. Oh, God, I can't come. Finals are coming up. I can't go to church. Lord, you know, I'm, I'm getting married soon. Or Lord, I just got married. You know how it is. You get married and it's hard to go to church. Lord, we, we just had a kid. You can't do anything when you have a kid. There, there's no way I can go to church. And the Lord says, I didn't give you a wife so that you could stop going to my, to my home. I didn't give you school and education and homework so you can miss my feasts. I didn't give you children so you can neglect the church. And then what? When they're older, you'll bring them to the church so they can play? And that the child has no concept that the church is a house of the Lord, a house of prayer. They just think it's a place for babysitting. The Lord did not give us these things so that we can then tell him, you know, the blood of your son and the sacrifices. That, that's cool, but it's just not the right time. No, the Lord gave us these things so we could further enjoy we work all week. We study all week. And we look forward to our liturgies. And we attend that liturgy and we are filled. And now the rest of my week, when I go to school or I go to work, I have interactions. I'm, I'm sitting in class. can think about the liturgy. I can think about the readings. And I can keep reading the Bible and keep praying the Igbe and keep having that connection. And I feel full and my spirit feels full because the Lord is united with me through the Eucharist. That's awesome. And when I go to the church with my wife, I feel that our bond is strong. No longer an obstacle to the Lord, but rather a partner in salvation. And my child now enjoys the church and loves the church. It wasn't that the child or any of these things were to take us from God. These things were meant to bring us closer to him. So when the Lord says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, the Lord's not saying be a hateful, spiteful, evil person. The Lord is saying, I must come first. And as the Lord said in Matthew chapter 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, all things will be added to you. Do you want true love for your spouse, for your children, for whomever it is? That love comes from the Lord, a love we won't find anywhere else. To our Lord Jesus Christ belongs all glory and honor with his good Father and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God forever. Amen.